anyway. Let's pray and we'll get started. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be this morning. It truly is an honor and a privilege to come together as a family to honor and to glorify and to worship you. Father, we ask that uh, you help us this morning as we do that, that our worship will be acceptable and pleasing to you, that we will, uh, that it will come from our hearts and from our souls from deep inside of us, Father, because we are, we are truly grateful, Father, that we have the relationship we have now uh, because of your Son and because of your great love and mercy for us. Thank you, Father, so much. Bless us as we study this morning. Help us to learn and help us to grow and help us to have the courage, Father, to apply these things to our lives. Father, it is, it is so necessary that we take the truth and start applying it to our lives because in, in the world we live in, that's just not the case in many people's lives anymore. And I thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. Bless us as we study. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to be at 1 Peter chapter 3. I want to ask you a question before we get started. Okay. For those of you who've been in here uh, for most of the class, uh, what have you learned that, not maybe that you didn't know, that really can, that really you focused on out of chapter 1 and chapter 2? Have you learned anything? Have you, have you been reminded of anything? Anything there that has reminded you or learned or anything that has come up out of chapter 1 or chapter 2? And if you don't say anything, I'm going to feel really bad. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you can you can look at it right quick and see if you're not looking at anything. What's, what's there? I think at the very beginning, chapter 1, where he talks about living as foreigners. Living as foreigners. Foreigners and aliens in this world. Okay. All right. What else? Anything else that you've seen there? Uh, our attitude has to shift from of what is normal. Like, we don't, we don't reciprocate <clears throat> evil with evil. We're, right. We're above that. Okay. All right. Anything else? Anything that you've seen in chapter one or chapter two? Yes, ma'am. I know you want to say something. I can see on your face. <laughs> Go ahead. I just think it's important because it reminds us of our station in life. Yes. Our royal priesthood. And I don't really look at myself like that a lot of times, and I think it's important to remember that because it does really change how you act, how you relate to other people. So I think that's pretty significant. I think it is significant. You know, the, the thing that really, folks, every time I look at, at chapter one, uh, it always, the thing that comes out to me is is how how impressed I am with what God has given to us. The salvation that we have that, sadly, in many instances, we take for granted. We get nonchalant, complacent, and we don't really, you know, we, we ask ourselves, well, you know, am I going to go to church Sunday? Oh, do we have to go? You know, that kind of thing. And and that's that happens to all of us, okay? Am I going to make it where I'm going to go? Because it is, this is important to me. And when you look at it, and that one verse always pops out to me, that even angels long to look at what you have. You know, the whole book can go away. The whole letter can go away. Just that one verse can remind me over and over and over how special I am and how special I've got it and what, how special it is what God has blessed me with. And so, if that's what's in chapter 1 and chapter 2, then you know that chapter 3, something very dramatic is going to happen. All right? And he's going to talk to, he's going to, talk to wives and husbands in the first seven verses. And, uh, and I think this is a, an extremely important text. Uh, because i got a question to ask you. All right? How many of you 
would say that in our society today, or in our culture today, the relationship between men and women, husbands and wives, is really in a bad place. Yeah. How many of you would say that's true? Yeah. You know people that they're, they're on the verge of falling off a cliff. They're on the verge of saying, I'm pitching in my chips. I'm done here. Because he didn't do this. She didn't do that. Whatever. And relationships are in turmoil. And then you have, on the other hand, you have people saying out there, say, well, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, we jump from one partner to another partner to another partner, and it doesn't really matter that we ha that we ha don't have a, 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 a firm foundation in a relationship with somebody, you know, uh, some some other person. Why do you think those relationships are in such bad shape? There's no respect for it to begin with. Okay. No respect for the relationship? For the relationship. Okay. Anybody else? Why do you think they're in such bad shape? No, no respect for the institution of marriage. Okay. Alright. Now, some of those same people, Larry, will say, Oh, yes, I love Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus. I love God. And I'm going to come to worship or I'm going to go to worship somewhere every Sunday. But yet on the same in the same instant, they don't have any respect for the marriage the institution of marriage that God established. It's easy to and say didn't anything. and didn't establish as an afterthought. Alright? You know, he patterned it after the relationship that Christ has with the church. You know, we're the bride of Christ, and that's how he patterned relationship when he when he created Adam and Eve. All right? Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. I just need to find ways to justify it being right. Well, he did this, so it's okay for me to do that. And, you know, I don't have to um, uphold the the marriage that I made with him. Okay. Of this or that. So they justify it just like anything who would a sin would okay. justify it being okay. I, I, think, I think that I've, I have performed numerous marriage ceremonies over my over my life and and sadly I have performed some of them when where I have known that, that the people that were standing before me were really not committed to that relationship come on and sit down anywhere guys yes sir there's a disdain for the rules that you okay. need to play okay. in a marriage all right you know, the, the idea that a husband is different from a wife and a wife is different from a husband okay I mean, We've just thrown that out the window, and suddenly it's like, oh, well, marriage doesn't work. Well, yeah. all right, we're not in the marriage. Where we're at, we're in First Peter chapter three, and we're talking about the relationships between husbands and wives. That's what this text is about. First seven verses. That's what it's going to talk about. How long it's going to take us? I don't know. You know me. You know, I'm going to beat up every bit of this text. I'm going to make sure we get every ounce of blood out of this text because I think it's important. And and I'm going to we're going to look at, chapter, at Ephesians chapter five. You know, I think I think. If we if we spend the next month in these seven verses, I don't have a problem with that. It's going to be really up to you and where how far we go and what we do with this. Now, I've got some definite ideas about some things in this text that I think you guys need to hear. Or I think you need we need to talk about because you know I I am uh, I, I sit in front of people all the time that their marriages are exploding, you know, and not in a good way. They're falling apart and not in a good way because they have not they not have not applied these principles to their lives. Men and women, okay, have not applied the principles to their life. And if it seems like I'm passionate about it, I am. You know, because when I stand in front of somebody like I was saying to Ruth while ago, you know, and I and I have that gut in me, that feeling in me that in five years this is going to be history. And that's not how I felt when I married her. You know, that's not how I felt. But back then it was different. Back then when you married, it was a commitment that you made for long term. And still people, the beginning of that revolution, because I grew up in the 60s, 
And that anti-revolutionary spirit was there, and that's where it started. That's where the mindset started that I don't really need to stay married here. It's okay. God's going to be fine with it. No, he's not. No, he isn't fine with it. He established the pattern of marriage, and he, and he expects us to honor this. Yes, ma'am. One of the things that was a revelation for me at the beginning when I began to read was it's a covenant and it's a give and take relationship. Absolutely. That changes the thing about it's all about me. Many times when I when I do a marriage ceremony, I talk at length about it being a covenant. I, I always go back to the one that, you know, that when I talked about that. Yes, ma'am, go ahead. I'll get Larry to you in a minute. Yes, ma'am. You say that um, going back to the 60s. You know, the evils of the world understand uh, the, the, the seriousness of a family here yeah. and marriage. So when they want to destroy a civilization, they work on the family That's absolutely true. Marriage. Absolutely true. So, so allowing... Satan, Satan knows exactly what he's doing. So allowing gay people to marry gay people, it tells society marriage is nothing. Yeah. It's a whoever yeah. you love, hook up with, if that's you don't, don't work, then separate. That's why the principles of marriage today, in our society today, are skewed. And they need to go back to the book, and that's what we're going to do. Yes, sir, Larry? You know, we've, you know, it's not a real popular thing to say, but we have accepted a role reversal in family. That men are no longer the head of the house. That, that a lot of homes, women are. Let me, let me say and that's an unpopular thing to say, but, you know, I think that's the root of a lot of this. And I'm not really popular. Why? <laughs> because I've said it a bunch. Yeah. You know, I have known many, many relationships that I've seen, experienced in their in their lives, witnessed them, counseled with them, and every single one of them, where the woman has taken the leadership role, whether it was by choice or by force, those relationships don't go well. And most of the time, they end in catastrophe. That's where they end. Not always. They don't always end that way, but they end in catastrophe inside the home. Inside the home, it's catastrophic and chaotic. It may, it, they, they may have not gotten to a divorce court, but it's gotten chaotic and, and, and catastrophic within the home, and, it's a, and everything in that home is melting down around them. Everything, because they're not doing it the way that God, that God put it out there to do. But in society, that's acceptable. That's a septa, acceptable form of marriage relationship where the woman is taking the leadership role, and that doesn't work. Yes, sir. Well, and and the way that that is pitched is marriage is a partnership, mm -hmm. an equal partnership, yep. and it sounds good, and that's how a lot of, of bad ideas are pitched. Is it sounds good, but in reality, what happens is uh, now that everybody's equal, well. One person's going to win, and yeah. it's usually not going to be the, the person that's supposed to win. Yeah. Somebody, somebody's going to have a dominant personality between the two people. There's always going to be a dominant personality. There's no submission. And and that and that dominant personality will take over Correct. at some point. Yes. Because the less than dominant will allow that to happen. And the dominant one will take over. Now, whatever, you know, that, and that may not be that that person has a dominant personality out in the world, but in that home, in that home, that dominant personality will rise to the top. And that one will take over. And you may not see it much. You may never see it here. Come sit with me sometime. Then you'll see it. And then you'll start to see that dominance taking over. And you know exactly what, what's going on here and why the families fall apart. Yes? Well, I think that's why it's so important with everything that's been said right now. When people come into the church, even married or getting married, 
they have a view of a world view of what is the expectation of marriage mm -hmm. so if we don't teach that christ and the church you know the bride current situation and how important that is you know they come into it with the wrong idea to just to start with. And, and this is this is good for you know even you know if someone's looking for a mate you know what am i looking for what is the standards that i'm looking for if if everything's okay you know i couldn't be in the dating scene today you know because it's different you know just talking to people it's different than what it was when i grew up man people out there are hunting you know they're hunting like in a jungle they're hunting and i said you know i don't want to i don't want to get involved in that i don't want somebody hunting me <laughs> you know but that's the that that's what i hear over and over i've heard that from numerous people you know, Dan, you have no idea what it's like. There are people, are, it's like a jungle, they're hounding you. Yes, sir. Another reason is if you don't make God your center of your marriage, always like the, the triangle, mm -hmm. the husband on the left, the, the wife on the right, the God on top. That's absolutely As true. you grow closer to God, you go grow closer to each other as you grow up. And, and, and you know, in, in George's in mind, we came together in that relationship. We weren't Christians. You know, we were direct opposites when it came to religion. And I knew that, that in a marriage relationship, I know now that in a marriage relationship, there are four things you better get a handle on before you say, I do. Okay? You better get a handle on how you're going to raise children. If you're not on the same page when you come to raising children, it's going to be a chaos in your home. I promise you. I've seen it. And I've seen children turn out, and it's horrendous what happens to them. So you better get a handle on it. And you may not like it. You may not be, it may not be any way you've learned. But if you don't get a handle on how you're going to raise your children, then you're going to be in trouble. If you don't get a handle on how you're going to spend money, if you don't get a handle on what you're going to do with your money, and one of them said, this is my money, this is not your money, let me tell you something. One of these days, that individual is going to say, oh, you think so? Watch me take half of what you got. And then you won't have half of what you thought you had. Because they, they never got on the same page with either one of those two. If you let's say you get a handle on both those, and if you don't get a handle on what you're going to do about your in-laws, <laughs> let me tell you something. I have seen them too many times trash relationships, just tear relationships apart because because the the, the husband can, is is such a mama's boy that he that he can't he can't do anything for himself without mama's approval, or the girl can't disconnect herself from her mother and if that guy doesn't know that let me tell you something one of these days you didn't marry the woman you married both of them they're both married you she may not sleep with you but she's sleeping with you whether you like it or not that's just the way this works all right and the last one if you don't get a handle on religion it will tear you apart it almost did us because i'm going back to my roots this is what we want to do, and we started having children. Guess what happened? My mother came into play. We didn't get a handle on our relationship with our children. You know, we weren't we weren't thinking on the same page. And now, religiously, I want to do this. She said, "No, we're not." Oh no, we're not going to do that. Thank God that we found Christ. Because he kind of it, 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 it he became the foundation for us, and then we started to grow. You know. We already had two kids, and we had he. She was eight months pregnant with him when, when she was baptized. So he kind of got baptized by proxy. <laughs> he got baptized twice, kind of. <laughs> but the, the point is that is that you know our kids were little enough 
where we hadn't destroyed them by all the garbage that was going on in our lives. Because we didn't have, you get a handle on any one of those four, the, the leap, if you get a handle on three of them, you're about 75% chance you're going to make it. All right? Get a handle on all four, and man, I tell you, you got to really mess this up to not make it if you get a handle on all four of them before you get married. So when I counsel someone before we get married, that's the things I counsel with them. Where are we at in these four things? And sometimes when, you, when you've got them stand, sitting before you and they've been married five years, it's too late. Some of, sometimes it's just too late. You can't get a handle on it anymore because, because the in-laws have taken over, the money thing, whatever it is, religion, whatever it is, has taken over. So as we look at this, the first six verses are going to deal with the women. All right? Then only one verse is going to deal with the men. Guys, don't think you're getting off the hook. Because I'm going to beat you up before this is over with. All right, and I've studied this before. This has beat me up before. All right, have a catastrophe happen in your life and find out what you're really made of. Then you'll find out, guys, what you're really made of. When God calls you to a lifestyle that you had no clue that you were going to be involved in, and then you see where you're at. See what kind of man you are, what kind of ground man, what kind of foundation you've got under you. Then you'll find out for sure. But if you don't do all this other stuff beforehand, you'll fall, you'll fall, man. You'll fall apart. So let's read. We're going to read a couple of verses here. And, and like I said, we're going to beat this up. If you have anything you want, just raise your hand. We'll, we'll, I don't care how. I don't care if this takes six weeks to do these verses. I don't care. This is, I believe it's that important that we get a handle on this. Look at what he said. Wives. Now remember, he's been talking about submission. That we are to submit to the authorities of the land. Slaves, submit to your owners. Be a good person. Be kind. Be, have it come from inside of you. Be good. Be kind. Be considerate. Don't hurl back insult with insult. Don't retaliate. Jesus was on the cross and said, What? Father, what? Forgive them. He said, That's who you're supposed to learn from. You learn from that. He said, That's what he just said at the end of chapter 2. And then he says, Wives, in the same way, submit yourself to your own husbands. Anybody in here got a problem with that? I can tell you something. You go out in the world and put that out there. And you're going to have a problem. You're going to have a problem. What do you think that means? Tell me what you think it means. Ladies, what do you think it means to you to submit to your husbands? And, and, and let, me, let me finish reading this verse. All right? It says, Wives, in the same way, submit to yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wife. Okay? Here's a specific reason why. Okay? Here's specifically why. Now, once you turn to Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to be reverting back to these two texts. All right? Back and forth. We're going to look at verse 20, 21. All right? Look at verse 21. Now remember, I'm going to keep referring back, so if you don't have your Bible here or don't have it on your phone, don't worry. I'm going to keep referring back, so you're not going to get confused here. We're talking about submitting a wife submitting to her husband. That word in the Greek is hypotasso. It's two words. It really means to arrange yourself underneath. Okay? That means to put yourself underneath. When he says, when he says wives be in submission or submit, he means arrange yourself underneath. That, that one be up here. Somebody said a while ago that we have the, the order is wrong. You know, the man is not the, the head of the household anymore. All right, in our culture today. That's true. Because in some instances, wives have not gotten to the point where they said, okay, I understand what it means to be in submission. 
I know what that means. Doesn't mean that I don't have my, my opinion. Doesn't mean I don't have my say-so. I'll get to that down the road when we start talking about husbands and what your responsibility is when it comes to that. But I want you to look at this. Look at what he said in verse 21. I mean, verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ the head of the church, his body, of which he is a Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Okay? Now, you get an inkling of where he's going with this with husbands, guys? You get an inkling where he's going? We're not going to get there yet. We'll get there down the road. But you get an inkling here? What he's trying to say? Wives be in submission. Like, like the, what do you say again? Read it again. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, if the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Okay? Now, is that, you need me to explain this. It's a sacrificial role. It's a sacrificial role. Okay. Like if if if, if Christ is the, is the head of the church, Christ died for the church. Okay. And as husbands, we have to die for our wives in the same manner. So you see, he is he is patterning the relationship between a husband and a wife, as he does the pa the pattern of Christ and the church. All right. The church submits to Christ because he is the head over the church. When you have a church, a body of believers that's meeting together, that Christ not the head. Oh, it may flourish. Maybe depends on their doctrinal stance. I've seen we just talked about one Friday night about a doctrinal stance that 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 we looked at that is uh, that is being perpetrated out there that is a complete heresy and completely unbiblical that we talked about that Friday night. And I'm not going to tell you anymore. You have to come on Friday night. <laughs> Increase the attendance of class that way. <laughs> you know, but. But you know, I mean, there's a there's a there's a, a mindset out there that goes against this, and so people are watching it. Young girls, little girls are watching this, and they're watching what's going on with their fam with their girl little friends families and what's happening in there, and they're not seeing the foundation of Christ as the head and the church being underneath that foundation, that under being underneath that oversight. So when you have a church that is not in submission, is not willing to arrange themselves under. When you have a church that does that, when you have a church that does that, what is that church going to look like? What's it going to look like? Is it going to look like a church that follows the principles of Christ or doesn't? Yeah. Is it going to strive with everything it has to follow what the principles that Christ set down or not? It doesn't mean they're always going to get it right. I'm not saying that. But they have decided to put Christ as the head and I'm going to listen to him and him alone, and we're going to see what he said. Now, we may have a disagreement on something about, you know, well, I don't think this interpretation, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, are we willing to let Christ call the shots? And he says, wives, you got to let your husband call the shots. Now, do you trust Christ? Do you trust him to call the shots for your good? Do you? Well, let me tell you something. When you have a marriage relationship and you have a wife that doesn't trust her husband to call the shots, guess what doesn't happen? There's no submission. There's no submission. She can't submit. She won't allow herself to submit. He won't allow her to submit because she doesn't have any confidence that when he calls the shots, they're, they're legitimate and they're good for her and good for her family. Because she has a different perspective of her family than he does. That's just, that's just the way it is, guy. You know? My wife had a different perspective of our family and our home and our kids than I did. I learned a lot from her. 
of how to have a, the right perspective. Not saying my perspective, but my perspective was I had to take care of my family financially, physically, whatever it was. That was my role, to take care of them. So I had a different perspective. She had a perspective of nurturing and caring for and feeding them. You know, she didn't have as much concern about, about the protection part of making the money and all that. It got to that point later on when we had no choice, but that's not the way it was at the beginning. And when you have a family that that the guy just, it, it's, his job is everything. It is his life. Where's the room for the family? Where's the room, where's the room for her perspective? Where is it? There is no room for her perspective. You see, Christ's perspective is the church. Once, twice, three times, all the time, it's the church. So if you're a part of the church, if you've been added to the body by, by God, then what do you know about your about your, your husband? Because you're the bride, that's what he calls us. What do you know about your husband? He will die He would die for you. What did you say, Mark? He's trustworthy. So what Mark talked about on Wednesday, that Wednesday, he talked about faithfulness, right? I can be faithful to him because I know I can trust him. When he goes out, you know, when my husband goes out, what can I do? What do I know? I can trust him. He's not going looking for somebody else. I am the most important thing in his life. Is 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 not are you not the most important thing in Christ's life? Yes. Are you? Yes. I'm the church. I'm his bride. We are his church. We're his bride. We are the most important thing in his life. The most he died for us. Does it get any more special than that? So that when you when you read chapter one and it says even angels angels don't have the relationship you have. Christ is there. They know him. They see him. They will come in his book as his call. He said, "I can call legions of angels to get me off this cross." Don't you know that? When he comes back, what's he say he's going to do? I'm going to bring angels with me in flaming fire and take vengeance. But they don't have what you have. They don't have a relationship as a husband to a wife. They don't have that. You do. And we need to act a course. Okay? So, when you look at this and you look at, it said, wives be in submission because he is patterning this relationship after the relationship that Christ has with the church. Whenever you get disillusioned with Christ and you get disillusioned with what his role is and you get disillusioned with his ability to help you and function around you, then you go take a look inside your home and you'll see exactly where you're at. You'll see why you're there. Because you forgot who the one in charge is. And God says, I'm going to pattern this man in your life. Not a woman. I'll pattern this man after that relationship. So be in submission. Guys, y'all know what's coming, don't you? In a, in a couple weeks. You know what's coming, right, guys? I'm going to, you know, the scripture is going to eat you, man. Because you have some responsibilities, grave responsibilities. Yes, ma'am. The role of the woman, if you look at it, I, I thought about this a lot of years ago. Mm -hmm. So if, if a woman is submissive, it actually makes her role in life much easier. Oh. Because <laughs> she doesn't have that responsibility. But that guy, she can do the nurturing and the cooking and all that kind of part of what a mom does. And he does the work and stuff. But the whole leadership thing is... When he sees something is not steering right, or the family is spending too much time doing whatever, being in that leadership role lets him recognize where that family needs to be headed more towards. 
that he steers him spiritually. The problem is, is we have so many guys. My daughters don't go out of the house dressed like that. Not not the mom or Mm -hmm. whatever. That's his rule. The problem is we have so many men today that don't understand that. We have a culture that's teaching them it doesn't matter. And a lot of them don't want to. No, and and that's true. They don't want to. It's easier not to do that. It's easier just to be, just to go through my thing. You know, I get my, I get the benefits of being married, but I don't really have to be married up here or in here. God, had, get, God had to remind Adam what his job was. Yes, he did. You know? Yep. This happened because on your watch, you let it happen. Yep. That's exactly right. And we're, this text is going to talk about Sarah and about looking at Sarah. Sarah's life was not a piece of cake, guys. Okay? You need to understand that. This, what he's saying here does not make your lives a piece of cake, ladies. All right? It said, look at what the first thing he said in verse 1. Look at what he said. He says, why the same way submit yourself? Now, I'm back in 1 Peter chapter 3. So that if any of them do not believe in the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. That means, what does that mean? That means if you have a husband in this text, if you have a husband that's not a believer, what's the best way to make him a believer? By your life. And what does he say? Keep your mouth shut. Now what he said? Nag, 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 nag. No, no. There's no nag, nag, nag in there. He says that you may be, he may be one or without words, right? But he might see the behavior of your life, what your life is like. I know. It, do, it doesn't always work. No, it does. Because there's some people that are not going to come to the Lord no matter what, no matter what you do. There's not, okay? But it doesn't take away the responsibility that a woman in this text has to be in submission. Now, never. You know, we talked about this before when, in chapter 2. We are never called to be disobedient to God in submission to leadership. If leadership calls us, and I'm talking about governmental leadership, calls us to be disobedient to God, no. Uh-uh. No, that's not. I mean, you know, we have a responsibility first to be obedient to God. And part of it, he said, being, be, you know, he, he said they're put there to do what? To, to, to reward those who do good and punish those who don't. Doesn't always work that way. Right? In our culture, they don't always work that way. They don't carry a sword for no reason. They said Romans 13 said they don't carry their sword for no reason. But in this text, he said, he said, this is going to work if you do it this way. They may not come to the Lord, but look at what he says in the next verse. He said, when they see the purity and reverence of your life. What a what is he a, what do you think he means uh when he says when they see uh what is, it, what is he talking about, about the purity and reverence of your life? What do you think that means, ladies? What do you think, what do you think that, uh, where is that taking you when you when you see that? I'm not, I, I can't look at it because because it, this is not how my brain thinks. But how does yours think when you see that? Anybody, come on. Don't be afraid, ladies. I'm not going to beat up on you, I promise. I just want, I want to see what your perspective is. What do you, when you see that, what is it? Mistrust to Christ is... is it causes us to want to have that submission to our Okay, life. all right. Okay, your submission to Christ causes you to want to have that? Okay. Uh, it says when they see, they're going to be won over when they see the beauty, uh, the purity and reverence of your life. What, Cal, Delissa, what are we going to say? Um, so be careful, like, with your actions and your words and how you dress. Okay, all right. Or, like, how you present yourself. Okay. I think of purity as something that is uh, without defect. Okay. Right. 
And so if you have less defects in your life, you are more pure. And, and this is not talking about personal appearance, guys. No. Okay? He's going to clarify that in a minute. It's not talking about personal appearance. Let's face it. We all flawed. All right? Ain't none of us all that. All right? Every one of us got issues physically that we would wish we didn't have, but we're stuck with them. Okay? That's not what he's talking about. Talking about the purity and reverence of your life. Let me, let, me just, let me just read some more of this, what he said. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. So, ladies, what is he saying to you? He's not saying you can't dress up. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying you can't wear, you know, jewelry and, and get your hair done. That's not what he's saying. But when you depend on that, Guess what happens? Tell me. Guess what you think? What do you think happens? Become shallow, self-centered. Okay. Anybody? Else? What do you think happens? Let me tell you something. Fifty happens. Yes. <laughs> and then sixty happens. And guess what happens to all that adornment and everything? You can only do it so far, right? Just it's just the way it works. I mean, at some point. You know, that's not going to work that well anymore, all right? When you're young, it's different. But when you get older, he's not talking about it. He's not. He said your, your, he says your beauty uh, should not come from outward adornment. So that you shouldn't depend on that because that's not what he's talking about. You know, you can make some men, you know, you can, you can doll yourself up. Man, you're a knockout. And some men ain't going to like you no matter what you do. And I've seen some husbands, didn't matter what their wives did. Didn't make any difference. They, they didn't like them anymore, no matter what they wore. Wouldn't have helped. Because the problem was they couldn't get past the nag, 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 and all that other stuff. The lack of submission and all that other stuff. They, wouldn't, they weren't in submission, wouldn't allow him to make any decision. They couldn't get past it. And so what was happening now? The, the, the relationship was fracturing from the inside. They didn't even see it. They took somebody from the outside, looked at it and said, oh, man, this is bad shape. This is, we're in trouble here. You know? And, yes, ma'am. We need to be trustworthy also. I mean, both yeah. the husband and the wife. Absolutely. It's very important. Absolutely. It's very important that the wives are trustworthy as well. What I wanted you to see is, is that how important it is to not, I mean, I'm, guys, I'm not telling you, don't look in the mirror and don't comb your hair. I'm not telling you that. That's not what it's saying here, guys. Right? You know, I, it's talking about, it's talking about what do you look like from the inside? What's the inside? If the inside is garbage, there's only so much you can do the outside to change the outside. You can it's change like, the outside. But if like, you, you, the outside the, ain't going to change the inside if the inside's garbage. It's like putting lipstick on a pig. Yeah, still pigs. <laughs> I'm not, not God, that was terrible, Mark. Come <laughs> on, you. Good. I'm not calling y'all pigs. All right? I'm not. Y'all, please, y'all know that, right? I'm gonna get myself in so deep here. I ain't gonna No, no. What I'm saying here, guys, is, is I want you guys, you guys, to understand, guys. This is not only to the ladies here, okay? This is to the guys too. If y'all, your expectation is how good you look and how I want to show her off to everybody else, then you're skewed yourself. And the relationship's done for already, probably anyway, if that's what you're looking for. So you can't perpetuate this problem. You know, you have to help, and we'll get there. You have to help get her to a place where she can have that inner beauty, that inner peace, and that reverence for God. That's your job. But we haven't got there yet. We haven't read Ephesians chapter 5 where it talks about your responsibility. 
you know, we'll get there. Yes, sir. I, I wanted to talk about this from a perspective of you know, younger, younger Christian. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I'm still kind of younger, yeah. Uh, but this is like a generational thing as well. Um, when you see like like my grandmothers, like those are beautiful women, okay? And it's not because of their outside appearance. It's rather because of what they represent to me mm-hmm. as as women. Mm-hmm. You know, they were strong Christians who built strong families mm-hmm. um, with their husbands and remained faithful until till the end. And it's that's something that you know. Obviously, it's what we're getting at when we're talking about stuff like this. Because it's, it's not just between you and your husband. It's going to pass on beyond that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It passed on to your children. Passed yeah. on to their children. You know, they're going to see this stuff. They're going to notice. They're going to say, okay, you know, what do I want? What do I want in my life? Because I'm telling you, at some point, this generational thing is going to change. It always does. It's going to change back to where people are going to get, they're going to get fed up. With the nonsense that's out there, and they're going to get to a place where they're going to say, "You know what? I'm going to get back to the roots of my grandparents or my great grandparents, and get to back to what they were teaching and what I saw in them. What did I see in them? I saw a, a man who was 75 years old and been with my grandmother for 55, 60 years, and he loved her just as much then as he did before. He thought she was beautiful no matter how old she got, because he was seeing something that I could not see. You know, and when you develop a relationship like that, it takes a lot of work." It takes a lot of years to get there, but I'm telling you, it's still attainable even in our society today. Thanks. If you apply these principles, you can you can you can get that. You can get that. Yes, ma'am. Energy outside everything. On the Absolutely. Absolutely. It left. It still stays beautiful. Yeah. It's still, no matter how old you get, it still stays beautiful. You know that 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 purity and reverence of life that the a woman who is committed to who she knows she's committed to, she's committed to her God. A purity. She she knows. That, that there are things that she will never let herself do, she, she would never let herself do, you know, and she never would let her children do this. You know, she stands firm. That's the kind of thing that doesn't go away because that those principles, that godliness doesn't go away. It never went away in, in this lady's life, ever. Ever. You know? She had she had this, this, this kind of relationship. She had a husband that wasn't faithful. And she, you know, you could put you could put Carmen's picture on this verse, on these verses, and everybody would know what that verse talked about. And I know she doesn't like to be singled out like that. Doesn't matter. I mean, she she's the one that did it. <laughs> she's the one that gave y'all the example, uh, didn't she? You have a tough relationship. You have a tough husband. You have a tough wife. Come talk to her for about five minutes. Just talk to her for about five minutes. But listen to what she has to say. You may not like what she's going to tell you. She's going to tell you how it works for her to stay faithful the way she stayed faithful. In spite of the turmoil, what's Sarah going to do? We're going to get there next week. What's Sarah going to do when her husband pimps her out? Because that's exactly what he does. Okay? Cole said, I don't know if I should say it. I said, man, I said, you really want to say this from the pulpit? We said it online. We talked about it. That's exactly what, he doesn't do it once, he does it twice. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We're going to go back into Genesis and we're going to look at it again. Because that's exactly what, and that's what she had to deal with and then couldn't, didn't have a child. She was 90 years old. And she had to believe that God still was trustworthy enough to give her what he promised he was going to give her. And so she tried to do it on her own. How'd that work for her? How'd that work for us, guys? How do you think that worked for us? The Ishmaelites, you know who they are? Who are they? They're the Arabs. Are we still dealing with this? 
Ask yourself somebody that was in New York on 9-11. On That's where it comes from. came from Ishmael and Hagar. That was them trying to do this on their own. Let me tell you something. Stay in the book, and it, it don't work any other way. It will go bad, it will go south, and it can go south for thousands of years. Yes, ma'am. And we're done. I had to say something because I know you, how you speak of me, and, and I appreciate it. And I just give God all the glory. I know that. He, he did that. That's why, that's why it was beautiful and reverent. That's why the adornment on the inside can never go away because that's what you did. You, that's where she started. Did you hear her? She said, I gave God all the glory. Even though it was tough in her life, she gave God the glory. And you sit down with her, and when she's ready, she talk to you and tell you how bad it was in her life. And she stayed faithful to God and stayed faithful to what the premise was of what she was supposed to be as a godly woman. we got to go, guys. Thank you. We'll pick this up. Hey, I told you we're going to be at this for a while. All right, I got some more to say yet.